0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is on the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Saturday, April the 1st, a uh, new month, old subject, uh, and an old show. That was the week we normally do the show on a Friday, but I was... Uh, on the east coast uh, thursday and friday so we're doing it today um and april the first might seem like a joke embracing ai experimentation the idea of having artificial intelligence that replaces humans but for better or worse it's no joke and that's what keith has been addressing and indeed embracing uh for this week's that was the week keith um The letter, I guess, uh, your newsletter was driven or inspired or triggered by uh, an open letter signed by a number of people, uh, prominent people, on pausing giant AI experiments. You beg to differ. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, not just me. I mean, I I, I think uh, that open letter got a lot of publicity. Uh, Gary Marcus, who was one of the signatures... I saw him on TV at least 3 or 4 times uh, on Thursday and Friday uh, he's the 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 um the gentleman I debated on um IQ squared yeah and he's been on uh, Keenan several times he's one of the world's leading and perhaps most
0: controversial authorities on AI
1: yeah so I I mean uh what I did is um wrote a counter open letter Uh, Acknowledging many of the concerns, by the way, uh, about the quality of large language models and their ability to be accurate, but uh, instead of calling for them to be paused or stopped, called for them to be um, improved further experiment yeah and you
0: uh you uh you wrote we encourage all ai all ai labs to continue exploring and developing ai systems beyond gpt4 while prioritizing safety and ethical considerations did you get lots of television invitations keith were you on uh nbc well, and abc uh with gary Marcus?
1: well for for anybody listening uh this this is a draft open letter that has not yet been published and, and and has not yet requested signatories. So I put it out there as a as a kind of a boilerplate, if you will, of an alternative approach. And now the question is: Should I should I put it in a place where people can sign it and gather signatures? Well, if I mean, in
0: that obvious prioritizing safety and ethical considerations, I
1: mean that goes without saying. What are you saying that's in any way original? Um, I, I I'm not really saying uh, any. Uh, uh, I, Sorry, uh, I'm recording live, Jenny. I can't actually do anything. <laughs> that was my wife wanting me to answer the phone. That was um, convenient. So you avoided my question on what
0: you're saying original, Keith, on this uh, open letter. Uh, uh,
1: exactly. So so ba- basically, um, yeah, it is common sense. Uh, and Sam Altman has been pretty clear, by the way, that they are very focused on... Building something uh, of importance that benefits the human race, and they're not really interested in building something that is in any way a problem for the human race. So, I, well, but again, that goes without saying. And I mean, it also goes without
0: saying that Altman's doing this to make huge amounts of money for him and his investors. It's a private company,
1: OpenAI. It's not. It's not for the public good. It, it, well. I think there's a correlation between the private value of, of open AI and the public good. I don't think it gets to be valuable unless it's a public good.
0: Well, I mean, you can argue the same. Google came out with all this nonsense about the public good when they started. And it's certainly debatable whether Google's been or for the broader, the Internet. But that's another issue. So what did this letter say? The, um, the open letter calls, uh, asking for a pause. What was the point?
1: Well, uh, uh, through the eyes of the, of the authors, the point was um, to mitigate the risks of large language models influencing human behavior or thinking um, by pausing further development on the models. Um, they weren't asking for chat GPT-4 to be closed down. They were asking for chat GPT-5 uh, to, to not be developed. And was this, um, I mean, we know that Google, for example,
0: are working on their own version of generative AI. Is this a, um, a, a
1: pause letter for everyone or just for open AI? Uh, it's for everyone. I, I mean, it's a little bit of an incoherent letter. It, it's for everyone. It, politely? Who, who, who was the lead on it? Who was inspiring it? The lead is this, um, organization, uh, uh, the, what's it called? Institute for the future or something like that, um, it's called the Future of Life Institute, which, by the way, has a somewhat shady reputation. And there was a lot of blowback on the letter because of who published it. And initially, at least, there were lots of fake signatories to the letter, high profile people that actually didn't sign it. So it, it, it wasn't very and well. And I mean, old.
0: from you're wearing a Google hat versus a Microsoft or OpenAI hat, uh, the the call to pause this is certainly would be for the benefit of open ai because they already have a lead it's like pausing a race after a few laps when one person is way ahead of everybody else
1: well and it's also counterintuitive from the point of view of science um, most science goes through stages until it reaches a point at which it uh, you know it's per- you know as close to perfect as you can get it to ask any science to pause midway through, due to the fact that it has not yet reached the end, is just an And miraculous. there is
0: no end to this. I mean, yeah. I, I guess you could argue that this would be the kind of letter that might have been necessary with the development of atomic weapons, but it's hard to pause the science. You, you have some uh, links in, in your newsletter, Keith, to uh, a vice piece uh, that describes this open letter as a huge mess. How did it even get... What I don't understand is how it even got any press. It's obviously a farce.
1: It, well, it got pressed because it speaks to um, a very strong social consensus that we're living through right now, which is that human beings are frail and vulnerable and, if exposed to ambiguity of any kind, are likely to adopt you know, bad um, behavior. So really what's at the core of this is the, the idea that human beings are so flawed, you can't trust them. And, and that is, you know. Very- but is that, isn't the reverse
0: true that AI is not human beings? So is, is the open letter suggesting that the humans developing AI are flawed or that the systems themselves
1: are flawed? No, that the users are flawed. That, that, for example, OpenAI could, in quotes, um, send misinformation out to Twitter using bots in large numbers, saying something that isn't true, and we humans will believe it to be true. That that well, that, that
0: horse has already bolted. I mean, that's what Twitter is full of lies and misinformation and propaganda of one kind or another. So w- why why does open AI change anything? Well, any- well, well and,
1: and guess what? We we humans are not so stupid, and we tend to spot things as being lies, un- un- unless the, the lies uh, are lies that, you know, we're part of, because they it reinforces some ideological view that we hold. Uh, so so this is really more about humans than it is about AI. A- A- AI is, is, you know a way of increasing the capability of humans to do all kinds of different things. So what does the, the
0: letter tell us about humans? That they're nervous, that they're pathetic, that they're divided, that they're disorganized, or that they're led by their own interests and they, I would, and they disguise I, that those interests in ethical language?
1: I, I think you have to distinguish between the authors of the letter as humans and uh, the humans that the authors are concerned about. The authors of the letter are a little bit like Plato's Philosopher Kings. They believe they're superior, and therefore they uh, have the right to call a stop due to the fear that less intelligent humans will be badly influenced by AI. So they're basically taking a kind of a superior paternalistic view to the entire human race, saying you can't trust these people with this AI. And, and, and that, at the core of it, is an elitist point of view.
0: Yeah, I have to admit, I'm, I, I, I'm guessing, Keith, that this may be grist for your own mill in the sense that you're against that, so you naturally associate this open letter. Aren't they also suggesting that we can't trust the companies? That the sound uh, There well, well. was an interesting piece. You didn't link to it, but an interesting piece in the wall street journal this week about the contradictions of Sam altman of course who runs OpenAI, probably the most influential and interesting figure now in all of tech
1: yeah that's a great a great uh review by the way i mean it, it, it echoes a lot of what we said when we talked about uh how smart sam altman is which is it shines a light you on said the- he was smart i'm not so sure
0: i mean he's clearly smart whether he's trustworthy so the issue is also, and I, I think it would be fair to say this letter, Keith, that we can't trust the Sam Altmans of the world with our future because he's full of contradictions himself.
1: Well, well, that that's the elitist view. It's basically saying, "Why is that elitist?" No, well, I'll, I'll explain. Uh, it's saying Sam Altman can't be trusted to not pollute the minds of less intelligent humans because he isn't doing the things that we would do if we were running this. So it's all about... all that's
0: counter-elitism. I mean, uh, if if there is an elite in the world today, it's the Sal moments and the key tears of the world. No, I
1: don't agree with that. I think democratization of information means treating every human being as equal as a recipient of information. And the minute you start to diagnose some human beings as less capable of receiving information, you are turning them into basically animals that, that have no brain. Uh, so so I, I think at the core of this critique of AI is, uh, is an inherently anti-human point of view. Is this just the, the sensitive northerner in you, Keith, the Yorkshireman
0: who's always been patronized by the all-knowing southerners like myself?
1: Well, uh, Ooh, Andrew, you've hit a nerve there. I, mean. I have hit a nerve. You know we what we need... say
0: to people like you?
1: What do we Shine say? sign on? <laughs>
0: Although we don't, you don't need to sign on, Keith, because you're a well a wealthy northern, a very. Well, northern. I
1: prefer the Pink Floyd version, "Shine On."
0: Well, this debate is not going away. Keith is very clear; he doesn't think we should pause. I agree, actually, but I mean, everyone talks about prioritising. No one's going to write us anything suggesting that GPT-4 or generative AI shouldn't prioritize ethical considerations, but everyone dresses ethical considerations up in their own self-interest. This is certainly the theme of the week, Keith. Lots of interesting pieces you link to. Uh, Vinod uh, Kosler, who, uh, I don't know if he's a friend of democratization, he's certainly part of the new financial elite, not always a man who does well in terms of, Marketing and PR to the rest of the world. You have a link with him on how he believes AI will free
1: humanity f- from the need to work. What is Vinod saying here? Well, I I definitely picked up on this one due to my own you know my own uh, philosophical view of work, um, where, where I think of work as a necessary evil until technology gets to the point where it relieves us of the need to, to work so i'm I, i'm very aligned with vinod you know, there you're right on the democratisation stuff i mean he he definitely doesn't want his beach democratised outside his house right um so so you know he's he's a complex individual but on this he's he's 100% right that if if it's possible for us to adopt um large language models and chat interfaces to, uh, and connect them to um, functional parts of the world like robots, it's very likely that the meaning of work will change, that we will all have um, a friend, if you like, um, that can help us achieve tasks that will lower the amount of time we have to spend on those tasks, and that that will revolutionize work. It revolutionizes where it creates new work.
0: And of course the age old thing, we've talked about this a million times on and off the show is it's transferring wealth and power to the owners of this new platform system technology, whether it's Altman or or whoever, I mean, how how does that, there's still going to be work. I mean, people operating these systems are going to be working.
1: Yeah. Well, even why is that different? I, I think if you follow the money, think, think of it this way. the, Uh, I'll just use one example. The California pension scheme invests in COSLA's fund. COSLA takes that money and invests it in AI, which then makes a big pile of money for COSLA Ventures, of which 100% of the original investment goes back to the California pension fund, plus 80% of the profit, and that goes into the pockets of pensioners. So actually, the idea that the rich get richer through this is partly true because 20% of the profit goes to Vinod Kosler and his fund. But it's also true that society gets richer through, through these mechanisms. So, uh, so now in the future, and this is the Sam Altman profile in the Wall Street Journal, in the future, would it be good if 100% of the value went back to the people? Sam Altman says yes, and he he has a project called WorldCoin, at least part of the inspiration of WorldCoin is to try to figure out how to make that happen. So it is true that as automation replaces human labor, more and more of the value created from, uh, from automation should go back to society.
0: Yeah, we heard this with the original internet revolution. I don't see much evidence of it. Um, one man who, who's who's who been following this clearly and a friend of mine and yours, Keith, is um Albert Wenger. His last book was The World After Capital, which is describing this world. You link to a piece from him about thinking about AI. What does Albert suggest on this? What's his argument?
1: Um, so so Al, Albert wrote this blog post actually as a, a kind of a note to himself uh, and he published it so other people can see his thoughts and, and it is incomplete thoughts. He, he, he didn't finish, uh, you know, a, a kind of an end to end narrative there, but he, he put some markers down. Um, uh, uh, the, the mo- you know, the most significant thing he does is that he focuses in on the fact that ultimately computers will do almost everything humans do better than humans. That's his core belief. Uh, And I agree with that belief. And I think it's a good thing, not a bad thing. And it's socially good uh, because it it frees up time for for leisure and choice. But um, that's his core. And then he points to his book as a place where he elaborates on that theme at greater length. But I think it's a holding piece, not an end thought. I will say I have a private dialogue with Arthur about Albert, no. not Arthur. First with Albert, about the application of AI to venture capital. And on that, he completely disagrees with me. Well, wow,
0: because that- you're threatening him. at Your uh, your little startup, Keith, which is not so little anymore, is threatening Union Square Ventures. Maybe one day Albert will, quote-unquote, work for you. Although I don't think either you or Albert really need to work. Yeah. You well- also link uh, to a couple of interesting pieces on Stratechery, which is one of your favorite... Um, Blogs or publications about what is chat? Um, this one, Chat GPT gets a computer. What does that mean?
1: Well, what uh, last week we talked a bit about this that, that Open AI uh released some plugins, uh, all kinds of plugins. Expedia has one, Open Table has one, uh, where um, applications can leverage the uh, intelligence of Chat GPT or its learning power for a specific purpose. And and what that does is it basically links ChatGPT to the internet. And up until now, it wasn't linked to the internet. It was a, a kind of a closed environment. Uh, now it's linked to the internet. It, it can um, trigger events in the real world um, if we count the internet as part of the real world. So ChatGPT getting a computer is, is really ChatGPT uh, being able to to uh, be linked to all kinds of other environments that have compu- computational power, um, and that that represents a shift at, at a high level. Now, this is a long article. And yeah, there's a lot more in it than I just said. Yeah, well, uh, it's more complicated. Can this actually
0: be banned? You don't link to this because it came out too late. But the Italians yesterday banned GPT, which is an astonishing conceit I guess or hubris on the part of of the Italian government to simply ban chat GPT are they banning basically if they're doing that are they banning the internet
1: you know that what they're trying to do is leverage Europe's privacy laws uh, and use them to ban, to ban chat GPT on the basis of privacy invasion uh, I haven't drilled down into the details. It only was announced yesterday. And, I mean, obviously, it's not possible for them to actually ban chat GPT. But the fact that they want to is kind of interesting in and of itself, whether they, you know, they... Wasn't King Canute a northerner key? King Canute was um, was certainly an Italian, I would say. No, he wasn't. I mean, I'm he was from Yorkshire. I'm talking I know. I know you're joking. Wasn't
0: he from Yorkshire, King Canute, or was he Norwegian?
1: I I actually don't know, Andrew. We we should ask. Is the is the the
0: King Canute metaphor appropriate that anyone now trying to ban Chat GPT is like Canute standing in front of the
1: ocean and suggesting it should stop? Exactly, it is. It is exactly that. It it, it's not going to stop. And um, as as for uh, where the the origins of King Canute, I am now in Chat GPT, and I will ask it. Yeah. Where was King Canute born? It's probably scum. Oh, he's Danish. Danish. Oh, the Danes. King Canute, also known as Canute the Great, was born in Denmark around 995
0: AD. Well, we all want to be Danish in the next life. Anything else happening, Keith, in tech apart from ChatGPT? Your news of the week is... I have to admit, and this is not a criticism, a bit thin. Not much is happening.
1: You always tell me that I put too much in, so I thought I'd try to. Yeah, well, you know about... me; I'll always criticize you
0: too but much. The, fir- too the
1: first, the first two articles there are super interesting in the world of venture capital. Well, certainly yeah. from your point of view, because you're you're replacing uh, the generalist seed VC. Well, not not really. We we. What, what we're the support network for early stage investors, we, we support them getting, um, continuing to have equity in the companies that they find. We can be seen as enemies of the later stage venture capitalists. I don't think we are, but uh, there's a reasonable discussion to be had there. And what this is talking about, however, is um, generalist investors with people like me who are not really specialists in anything. Uh, I can't survive an era where deep technology is is driving most of the new value. You're going to need experts in in uh, in deep technology to make decisions about which AI companies to invest in and which AI companies not to invest in. So the death of the general CVC is, is is all about that. And and Hunter Walk writes a piece that that kind of um, is aligned with. With that point of view as well. I thought both were really interesting. I don't know what I think yet. I I, I think that um, solo investors who are generalists, I feel it's a human thing. It's super hard to replicate what they do. I think the least threatened by automation are early stage investors because um, they're really reading signals that are very human and hard to. Uh... Well, that's what
0: you're doing at Signal Rank, Keith. Reading signals, talking about experts and Vengas. Do you remember Jose Mourinho described Arsene Wenger as an expert in failure? <laughs> uh, is is Albert Wenger like? Is, is is he your Arsene Wenger? Are these traditional VCs now like Union Square Ventures? Are they experts in failure?
1: No, no, Union Square Ventures is a great example of a fund that very early, you know, has a great track record of picking future. Yeah, but they're still companies. wrong nine out of ten times. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're right ten out of, you know, for every dollar they invest, they make ten. So they're, 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 they're if, right. Aren't
0: you at Signal Rank? aren't you reversing that? Not, not at the stage,
1: From 1 out of
0: 10 to 5 or 6 out of 10
1: using AI? Not at the stage they invest. At the seed stage and at the A round stage, you can't do better than them. By the B round stage, you can.
0: So speaking of failures, the startup of the week is a failure this week. Good eggs. (laughs) Why, Why did you put good eggs as the startup of the week when they're failing?
1: Well, you could say they're failing, but they've also reinvented themselves. They did what's called a cram down round. They, <laughs> they, they, they basically. I,
0: I mean, how many headline writers would preface that
1: with omelette? Exactly. They, 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 they scrambled the omelette. <laughs> um, at, so what what they did is they. Well, first
0: of all, Keith, just to, sorry to jump in here. What are Good Eggs, or what yeah, were they?
1: Good Eggs? Is basically a um, a food delivery service, farm to table. Um, it's very very high quality dairy, meats, um, you know, uh, and associated products, produce, um, uh, fresh produce basically, and and uh, it, it it's in my area. Uh, it's used by individuals who can afford to pay a bit more for better quality food we don't use it uh, so i've never actually used it so but the it, poor,
0: so the, um, uh, the poor people of palo alto is this is this uh, sort of the internet version of whole foods
1: kind of but but in a subset of the of what you can get in a whole foods not it wouldn't do everything okay
0: so can. it's a it's a high-end boutique food online yeah. service so what have they done that's so interesting
1: they, well, they, they've got a big business that loses money, so they've basically uh, raised a small amount, I think it's about $6 million, I can't remember the exact amount, and in raising that money, they, they, they um, revalued the company to reduce the value of the old investors by 94%. So the new investors own most of the company, the old, invest, the old investors only own six percent of what they owned before.
0: Isn't that a bit dishonest? I'm sure the old investors aren't very happy about that.
1: Well, it's it's called pay to play. The old investors would have been given a choice to participate and chose not to. And 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 that why did I choose it? Because it's symptomatic of what's happening right now. This will happen more and more. Uh, that companies that were funded in the past at high valuations that they can't sustain post the correction, um, insofar as they survive, and most of them will not survive, but insofar as they do survive, which Good Eggs is, which is why it's once again a startup, uh, it, it wasn't a startup a week no, ago. It
0: it's, it's the survival, not of the fittest, but of the survival of the scrambliest,
1: Keith? It is. Scrambling is, is the name of the game. So what
0: you're saying to startup entrepreneurs who are in an existential death spiral is spar your, uh, not spire their eggs, scramble your eggs? I,
1: I always say to founders, um, doing a down round, even a dramatic one like this, it, it is punishing to those who no longer want to invest. But from the point of view of the founders, it's almost a non-event because you get to start over and almost for certain the new investors will issue options to the founders to make them, if not whole, at least close to whole, as long as they execute going forward. So- well, yeah,
0: but extending the the egg metaphor: once the egg has been cracked, it can't be put back in its not in its bottle in the, in its shell. So why not just crash the whole company and start with a new batch of eggs?
1: Well, somebody believes there's real value there. The people put the new money in. I I, I can't judge that. I, I've never I haven't looked at it, but. Um, definitely somebody believes there's value there and prepared to put money behind that belief you know good luck to them and anyone that wanted to could have joined in that investment but chose not to
0: well finally back your new hero your old hero used to be Paul Graham but he seems to have morphed into Sam Altman he is your tweet of the week you've always had a great deal of admiration for him and this is, a significant, this is a substantial tweet. This is Sam Altman at his most philosophical. What is he saying, Keith? Um,
1: he's, he's basically proving to the open letter writers that he is not the evil devil that they try to characterize him as. We're trying to prove. Anyone can write a tweet. Yeah, but he's acting on it. He's, the first thing he's saying is um, he uses this word, a line. So, so the technical ability to align a superintelligence is needed for a um, for a, um, a, a you know a general intelligence. That's very chilling. This idea of a
0: superintelligence is sort of
1: post-human in a way, isn't it? Well, uh, only if you think it's your enemy. If you think it it's a superintelligence that you get to use in your work, it's a it's an asset. Um, so. Uh, he wants it aligned to human outcomes, is what that means. He, he means yeah, but competent.
0: everyone's de- definition, you know, that's in the eye of the beholder as well. What's human for Sam Altman is not human for others.
1: Well, he's, he's open to discussing that and having people involved in it. Well, that's
0: it? very generous of him. What about the second? Uh,
1: the, the second is um, various efforts should be coordinated so that they all do the first one, not just open AI Right, and 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 that requires. In my open letter, I use the example of ICANN in the domain name field as a stakeholder, opt-in stakeholder community that looks to govern or at least keep safe the internet infrastructure. Uh, I think he's calling for something similar to that structurally. Uh, uh, and and and, and uh, I put them. Uh, but in the what's app.
0: the danger of there of this all turning into another duopoly um, of OpenAI slash Microsoft and Google, who are way ahead of everybody else?
1: I think now the, the the now the gene is out of the bottle. I think it's very unlikely. I think it's closer to the internet where everyone gets to play um, than it is to the web portal stuff where only a few get to play. Um so yeah, i d I'm not worried about a duopoly. I I also think i have done a great thing with mainly focused on developers so that their their software benefits all other software, not just themselves.
0: And actually uh um, yeah, one one thing but just to go back to your news of the week. Apple are not playing in this space and they've announced that their mixed reality headset may not appear at WWDC are Apple do you think freaking out about all this they're not in the discussion I mean Microsoft's dominating it Google is still playing in it Uh, you connect with Meta maybe this has given a lifeline to Meta but Amazon and Apple are very much out of the conversation particularly Apple
1: Yeah, I think they're all out of the conversation, actually. I I think what OpenAI has done is redrawn the hierarchy of important technology companies with themselves at the top. But we just don't know it yet. Five years from now, that'll be obvious. Um, And then
0: his final, uh, the final point in the Altman tweet of the week was an effective global regulatory framework, including democratic governance. I mean, that's just... More UN gumph, isn't it? That's not going to happen either.
1: Well, it definitely won't happen if, he, if what he means by that is governments. He'd end up making the same mistake that Facebook made when they tried to launch their crypto coin, um, asking for government permission. The minute you ask for government permission, you're killing your project.
0: So this should be done outside the government realm. You don't want to
1: bring in your friend Lena Khan
0: as the czarina of uh, generative AI, Keith?
1: Yeah, that would be a very bad idea.